Hey, this is Tom from Casey, and you're listening to Spinning Thoughts on Adobe Radio. Does it help if I say that I'm sorry? I know the burning in my blood has made you worry a lot. Like the medicine they gave me that hurt me. If you leave when I'm sleeping, could you turn the lights off? Magic if I Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 128 of Spinning Thoughts. This is Angelo coming at you. I want to thank you for being uh, up nice and late for another midnight premiere on Adobe Radio. It is so great to be talking to you. And for everybody else listening in the future, many thanks for being here on Spinning Thoughts. Episode 128, I'm really excited for. Uh, We've actually talked about this band a few times already on the show and on the website, thespinningthoughts.com. So I am just elated to talk to this band, uh, this guy from this band. Everybody, say hello. I've got Tom from KC. Tom, what's up, dude? I'm good, bro. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, man, and and I know it is like at the time of this taping, it's pretty fucking late for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just coming up to midnight. (laughs) Oh, dude, you don't have anything to do tomorrow morning, do you? Um, just work, but you know. Fuck it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I appreciate you staying up nice and late as well uh, to do this interview. I'm stoked to talk to you. You guys, uh, Casey, you just released uh, a hell of an album. There's been a lot of talk about it leading up, and now it's been out for a few days. It dropped on March the 16th. It's titled Where I Go When I'm Sleeping. Like I said, there's been a lot of hype heading into this one. So how's it feel to finally have it drop for everyone to jam and enjoy? Um, the one, like the process for this record has been like way, way easier than the last one because on the debut, like we'd finished recording by the end of the November and then it didn't actually come out until like the following September. So like we were sat on material for months until we could announce it. And then we were sat on it for even longer until it came out. So it just felt like a huge, huge buildup, whereas this time it's been like fairly rapid. Like we wrapped up recording by the middle of October. We got the final record back by the end of the November. And then obviously it came out, like you said, 16th of March. Yeah, Um, that is a pretty quick cycle in that regard, isn't it? So, but yeah, it's been great. Like, you know, pretty much everything we've seen online has been super positive. And like we've had a lot of love kind of come back from the fans and stuff. So it's um, it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've enjoyed seeing it as well, and I, there's a lot of writers that I have here at Spinning Thoughts that I are big, big fans, and I know that they're stoked that you're on the show this week. Uh, now, on the release day, the band posted on Facebook, and I'm going to quote here, Where I go when I'm sleeping is the embodiment of everything that Casey represents. It is the product of our collective passions, the result of our angers and frustrations, and the consequences of our fears, and it is our absolute pleasure to share it with the world. So, 
Elaborate a little bit on that statement. Um, yeah, it's just because obviously, well, the one thing I come up against quite a lot in like interview and whether kind of by text or by kind of radio or whatever is that people seem to think that Casey is kind of primarily me and then like nothing or not nothing from the rest of the band, but like that I'm the main focus and then they're kind of just a, a subsequent part of that and it yeah. couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth because like if it was just me in the band, everything would sound super boring. Like I, I do, <laughs> I, I do contribute like minimally to the musical side of things, but like w- without the other five, like without the other four members, the kind of the real kind of passion wouldn't be portrayed in the way that it is. Like the the kind of the development of the soundscape wouldn't be there, and the kind of the number of layers that go into it, kind of every song wouldn't be present. And kind of, I would have a way, way harder time, kind of, um, yeah, sort of dictating my thoughts to the world because I wouldn't have the canvas to put them on. Um, uh, and it kind of, but obviously the record itself isn't just a happy album, but neither musically nor kind of lyrically, it's kind of a, a great mix of emotions. And like, that's kind of one of the reasons why we wanted the title track to be instrumental was to kind of showcase the idea that we didn't need the lyrical content to kind of portray an emotion we could kind of set an atmosphere with just music and the same goes for the instrumental kind of interludes on the the fact that we wanted to connect things and really put kind of a a prevalence on the instrumentation on the record um so yeah it's kind of just kind of what we've all felt over the last like six or eight months leading up to the recording and kind of the things we've been through and stuff and it's um what we all kind of contributed and invested into the the album process it's an interesting dynamic you know how people tend to lean on like you know the vocalist uh you know the front person in a band uh and it's i love how uh there was a statement on social media that just kind of like really exposed you know all the truths you know all the uh workings of the band i i like that cuz i think that sometimes we get complacent uh, in, in that regard. Now, overall, though, I mean, this album, whether for you or for every individual in the band, it, it is a personal album. Like, it feels like it's a very telling album. What is it like to release something like that? I mean, that was something that I really came to terms with and kind of, um, yeah, really kind of consciously decided on with the debut again. It was the case that obviously I knew that I was going to be writing quite an intimate record and when it came down to it, I sort of said to myself, if I'm going to be doing it, then I want to kind of expose myself 100% of the way. I don't want to kind of go half-assed on it. I don't want to kind of sell myself short. And because I feel like, again, a sort of skill that I honed with, with the debut was that if I could take something incredibly personal or kind of very, very intimate and then dilute it slightly so that it becomes relatable from a third person's perspective but also retains enough identity that it can still be kind of personally accountable to me that's kind of the perfect position that i wanted casey's music to be in um and then yeah kind of coming that was just a mentality that really stuck with me coming towards the new record was that i felt that obviously i wanted a shift in subject matter i didn't want to write another album about my kind of personal romantic relationships or kind of my personal relationships with with friends and family and things 
but I did want to retain the honesty and the kind of the intimacy of it to kind of really make it the best that it could be. Well, hell yeah, dude. I think you accomplished all that. It's a beautiful album. Like truly, like I have really enjoyed listening to this and a lot of my friends have as well. It's where I go when I'm sleeping. This is from Casey. It dropped on March the 16th as a hell, hell of an album. Now, uh, what was the most challenging aspect to writing this album? I know we've talked about, you know, that it, it, it hits on, you know, personal levels and just the challenges that the band set uh, for for yourself to to really just pave this new path. I mean, what what was the most challenging part to this? To be perfectly honest, like the new record came together quite naturally. I think we when we decided on doing it, we had a bit of that kind of sophomore slump where we were writing a lot of stuff where obviously we're our own worst critics and when we decided on a second record our minds instantly kind of lit up with the idea of oh my god this has got to be like the best thing anyone's ever written and this has to be like so much more like creative and like you know so much more expansive than the previous record and we were really really kind of punishing ourselves with whatever we were writing like any nothing was good enough and then after like two or three weeks we sort of just sat down and were like actually you know we can do this like we just have to write something that we are comfortable with it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks providing we are happy with the product and then yeah everything came together like really organically in the studio brad i think was a huge part of that brad was the producer of the album uh, and he really did a, a great job of keeping us all kind of focused on the task at hand but also kind of having his input in it in enough of a way that it would kind of expand on ideas without being intrusive and without becoming kind of overruling of the the natural development of the record um but yeah we kind of went into the studio with maybe 75 percent of the album written and everything just kind of fell into place as we were doing it we would sort of we would lay down the skeleton and then as we were kind of tracking over the top of it it would be like oh you know well maybe you should try doing it this way this time or maybe you should add this layer into it and then there was a bunch of like cool instruments and effects pedals and stuff around the studio that we just ended up adding in as we were going along and it it, uh yeah it kind of just ended up really kind of melting together as we as it was happening is there a track off this album that you feel really pushed the band uh, maybe in a different, not like in a different like musical direction, just maybe pushed you guys harder in a way you had never felt before, anything like that? Um, I wouldn't say so particularly. I mean, the whole record is, I, I, I know it's like super cliche to say, oh, the heavier bits are heavier and the lighter bits are lighter, but I think the new record is more of everything that we've ever done. So like the atmospherics are more atmospheric and the abrasive sections are more abrasive than they've been and it's just the case that we are kind of like i said just developing and expanding as we're going along and kind of we're doing what we've always done we're just doing it better than we always have and so there i mean there are certain songs in that i feel are kind of very representative of us as a band perhaps more so than others so for example the funeral i would say is kind of the most typically Casey song on the record even though it's the only one that's in a, an odd time signature it's kind of the, the 
the sort of balance between, like I said, the kind of the ethereal and the abrasive that we really do like to strike. Um, and I would say that's comparable to the balance we struck on, say, Haze from the previous record, or potentially uh, Ceremony from the previous record. And But, like, obviously, it, it's sort of weird when... Because we do get, like, the occasional comment where people hear songs like uh, Needlework, for example, or, like, one of the softer songs, and they'll say, oh, you should add more screaming into it. But you can go, like, you can go right the way back through, like, everything we've ever produced and it's always been clean vocal since the first song there's been clean vocal yeah and since the first ep there's always been a song that's predominantly clean vocal and then so we've always kind of had that really sort of oscillating mix between the, the two elements and it's just kind of learning to balance them where it's required because i've never been a vocalist that said oh well this this emotion needs to be screamed this has to be portrayed in a kind of a very um like i said abrasive way it, you know it, it has to be done i've always kind of just thought of the voice as an instrument and it depends on what the the vibe of the song is or the kind of like i said the canvas that i'm laying it over the top of there's literally some one reviewer um said that i should have been screaming over the top of the instrumental like the title track and i was just like there is no way that that would fit. Like, it would just—it would sound so like cliche and rubbish. Yeah, and it's just like so. If I was going to put anything over there, it would have been clean vocal, but I just didn't feel like it needed anything, so I didn't. Yeah, and it's like it's not—it's not the case that there's. Obviously, you can read the rest of the record. Like I write generally between like a hundred and three hundred words per song, so there's not a case that there's like there's not enough material to go around. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just the case that I only put vocal where I feel the vocal is required. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Like you said, uh, the vocal, uh, the vocals, it's an instrument. I mean, it's filling in a, like a melodic, you know, at times uh, element. So, no, I can appreciate that. And, and I dig the insight on some of those tracks and just, uh, you know, some of the differing uh, opinions maybe uh, about the album. But overall, I mean, it's just been a great reception. Uh, and, and obviously, for those who love Casey, this is right where it should be. Now, the band recently signed to rise records in North America. So congratulations on that. Uh, Thanks, this, man. this is one of the heavy hitting names in the music scene. So what was it like to make this kind of partnership and how's it been going so far? Um, again, it's been one of those things that like, it's sort of developed quite naturally to be perfectly honest. They've, they've been very, very accommodating and they've really kind of warmed to the, um, small business ethos with a sort of big business uh, mentality i guess um because the, the way that we've always operated is that we've tried to keep our team very small and we've always sort of really needed to share a like a mindset or a perspective with the people we worked with um uh, but yeah they approached us about it and they were they heard the record and they were really really into it from like the minute that they kind of heard it um and this is kind of from pre-production stage, really. And then obviously they found out that Brad Wood was doing it. And then they picked up the final thing and they said that it was definitely something they wanted to be a part of. Um, I mean, we've had interest from other North American labels and the kind of other partners in, in the past. And they've always either kind of asked for too much or they've offered too little in return for their partnership. And like Rise would probably be the first label to really sort of take any negotiations seriously where we were saying, look, these are what, this is what we want to achieve. 
this is what we need to achieve it. Can you kind of help us in that respect? And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, they've given us everything under the sun and like, you know, they've made our lives a million times easier because <laughs> music is like, music is a business. It like does, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, but but they were definitely the most accommodating and they were definitely the most prepared to kind of genuinely invest in the band's longevity and kind of our our development as as musicians um but they've been great like you know we've we've always dealt with the same kind of two or three people there and they're all really down to earth and they're all kind of like i said on like genuinely on hand and prepared to kind of help as best they can whenever we need it and so well that is good news for the band and that's good news for the fans as well because uh you know, anytime you can partner up with somebody, especially, you know, a band uh, like Casey, where you you have this widespread uh, kind of range almost, you know, into different countries. And so that's uh, it makes it more difficult, more dynamic, if anything. And so it's always great to partner up. So good news there. Now, we're on Adobe Radio every single Thursday at midnight Eastern. Those episodes then drop on all platforms the following Monday. Make sure you're subscribed. It's free everywhere. We do this. Uh, for our love of music and for you. So make sure you are subscribed and tune in every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Now, we've been talking a lot about where I go when I am sleeping. This is the latest album from Casey. We're going to jam uh, Phosphines uh, off of this brand new album. Before we do, for those who don't know, Tom, I'm assuming you do. What is a Phosphine? So like, you know, when you rub your eyes and then if you let it, like if you rub them really hard and then you let go and you got those like white dots. Yeah. They're phosphines. So, uh, is that something that like you do off? Like, do you experience that often? So it, it can be experienced as well. Like if you black out. So that's kind of what okay. the song is about. It's like a side effect to a medication I was taking at the time. And I was kind of, um, randomly like just passing out for no real reason. And then kind of like, as I was coming to, like that was a kind of a common thing was that I would have these kind of white dots for like 20 or 30 minutes afterwards. Jeez. And you know, no doubt this, this album, like we've been talking about, I mean, it is, it's definitely, it provides some truths and some real in-depth look, you know, into uh, different things from the band's perspective, Tom's perspective. So we're going to jam Phosphines. This is off where I go when I'm sleeping from KC. Everybody enjoy.
So you just finished listening to Phosphines off the brand new album, Where I Go When I'm Sleeping, from Casey. And uh, a few months ago, the band released a music video for this track. So uh, I know we've talked a little bit about this, Tom, uh, about the track, uh, what it was about and everything. But why was this track selected to highlight the album from a visual medium? Um, So we've been working with our visual collaborator Martina Wisniewska for uh, it's coming out to 18 months now I think um, so she's been with us for a long time um, she was with us through the whole creation of the previous of like the new record kind of every show we've done up to this point she's been with us and she kind of knows the album as good as any of the five of us she's as much a member of the band as any of the five of us so when it came time to settling on kind of singles and working out what we were going to do in terms of kind of visual representation. She had a really big kind of say in it, but it was certainly a track that we all just kind of gravitated towards. It's actually not collectively our favorite song off the album. Uh Um, But it's, it's definitely when we kind of listened back to it in the studio, it was one that we all felt, yeah, that was a kind of a good indication of what could be expected from the record in terms of, some of the sort of sonic elements that we'd incorporated and the the influences that we'd drawn upon um, where there was enough of a mix when kind of combined, because obviously that was the second song we actually released. So when combined with the other two songs that we released, it kind of gave a full spectrum representation of the record, we felt. Um, now, are there plans for more tracks off the album to be spotlighted with a music video? Yeah, so the kind of the pattern that we're going to follow is visualette video, visualette video. So like the next one will be a music video and we've already sort of chosen what song that would be and loosely put together a kind of an idea of of the video for it. But it's just kind of getting that together and finding time to do it, obviously, between touring and plans and stuff. No doubt. Now, I'm assuming the band will make, you know, some announcements uh, here on on what song that is, correct? I mean, you haven't announced the next uh, visual work, have you? No, no, we haven't announced it yet. So it'll, um, it'll be something that we're kind of really going to focus on and, and work towards once the, the headline tour for the record is out of the way. Gotcha. Now, I'm just kind of curious here, Tom, how does the band uh, approach the creative process for music videos? I mean, you mentioned that you have kind of like a key partner 
it, from the visual perspective? I mean, what kind of – how involved are you? Um, so, I mean, for the first record, I, I, was, I kind of curated pretty much all of the – the ideas for the music videos and the way that I would approach it would be that I would think of something that was really difficult to do and then think of a way to make it possible. <laughs> um, or I would just kind of think of an individual element of a video that I wanted to see and then kind of build an idea around that. So the Darling video is a good example where I kind of messaged our video producer at the time, our videographer, Chris, and said, I want to set a car on fire. And he was like, yeah, man, that's no problem. You know, we'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll hire out a space and, and buy a car. That can be done pretty easily. I was like, yeah, cool, cool. But I want to be sat in the car at the time. <laughs> and he was just like, so you want to like, he's like, do you mean like VFX? And I was like, no, I actually like want to set a car on fire and sit in it. And he was just like, okay, yeah, I'm sure we can like find a way to do it. And, and <laughs> Going along with it so nonchalantly, man, you, you really have set the, set the tone, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, and then the um, like the the video for Little Bird, the one that came out after it, I kind of said to him, "Look, I want to set up a fake uh, euthanasia clinic and pretend to drown myself." And he was just like, "Yeah, man, whatever, let's do it." I'm just <laughs> like, it kind of got to the point where he was just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna agree and just we'll just work towards it and do whatever." But, I mean, have you thought about like as a joke, like really? I mean really just coming up with something so absurd and j just to see if, if it'll get approved? I mean, um, is there a limit? <laughs> I don't think there is, to be honest. I mean, like I said, I, I came up with some some pretty wild ideas for like for this record that we haven't used yet, so I don't know whether we're going to bother trying to find those involving a lot of fireworks and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I, a lot of the time the actual like the idea process isn't that difficult the difficult bit is doing it without kind of upsetting too many people um <laughs> in terms of just like health and safety and like like the spaces that we need to do them in and stuff but um yeah generally like but i mean with like i said with a new record martine has been with us like the whole time and i've really kind of just let her take the reins creatively and say you know I've just said to her, whatever you need, just let me know and we'll just kind of make it happen. So I I like the uh go with the flow kind of attitude and I'm looking forward to seeing what more is coming here uh to kind of support the new album uh from this visual perspective. So many people look, you know, towards just even lyric videos or just, you know, man, this is this is where it's at. So super stoked for more to come from KC. And just as a reminder, we're on Adobe every single Thursday at midnight Eastern. Those episodes then drop the following Monday on all platforms. You can subscribe for free. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Adobe, uh, you name it, and we're probably there. Uh, but we're here right now with Tom from Casey, and the band is going to be hitting the road here very soon, right at the end of March, for a headlining tour in the UK and Europe. You're going to have special guests, Endless Heights, and good friends of the show, Rarity. We're, we're big fans here of Rarity, as those of you listening probably know. So, Tom, talk to me. What are you most excited about with this headlining run? Um, it's the first opportunity we've really had to like, head, like do an extensive headline tour. When the previous record came out, we'd already booked a support tour for like two months after the album came out, so we couldn't do anything of any like notable size in terms of headline capacity. 
So we played like six shows, I think, and and left at that. So it's the first time we've ever really kind of gone out and and done a, a full headline tour. Um, so we're obviously we're really excited for that to kind of go to venues that we've played as support acts and and get to headline them is really cool. Um, but also that it was like the first opportunity we've had to really like choose our supports and kind of have friends come or like people that we kind of peers and people that we admire kind of come along with us, which is, which is really nice as well. Yeah. And these dates are not only, um, you know, going to be your headlining shows, but they're selling out too. Huh? I mean, at least a few, a handful, I believe. Right. Um, so the, like one of them sold out this morning and then there were like two or three others that are pretty much near enough at the capacity, especially like since the records come out. Yeah. Obviously t- tickets, I think obviously a lot of people were waiting to see what the rest of the record was like before kind of <laughs> Of committing. course. Uh, I um, guess we're not all early adopters, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, obviously like we think that, I mean, if, if they don't sell out in advance, like I put a, a kind of statement out on our socials uh, last week, maybe. And just, you know, like I said, we've always been a band that's, we've got a great rapport with our fan base and we have a great level of interaction. And one thing we've always tried to maintain is a kind of a, a sense of sincerity and honesty. And like, we've never been the band to, to be like, Oh my God, these shows are selling so quickly. Like you have to get a ticket immediately. Right. <laughs> Cause like you see bands posting that kind of thing and they'll post it for like four or five weeks. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, they're obviously not selling that quickly. If you have to keep reminding people about it. Yeah. Um, but like, but obviously, like there are some some shows in the tour that, like I said, aren't pretty much at capacity, and then there are others that kind of aren't, and it's just one of those things that you know every band experiences, and it's just part of touring. But but yeah, there are um, there are quite a few on there that we're super excited for that we know are going to be great shows. Like London is um, is like over seventy five percent sold out, so kind of, and that's still three or four weeks away. So we're kind of confident that one's going to sell out, even if it does so on the day and. Um, quite a few of the German shows and like the one in Leeds as well is is near enough kind of it's near enough there so yeah we're um we're really excited for them so you know we talked in an earlier segment about the band signing to Rise Records in North America uh I mean one would have to assume that maybe there's a tour in the works or maybe something you're not going to talk about just yet but I mean can we expect to see Casey over here in the states um they're Rise are really keen to have us there on this album cycle, so we are kind of trying our best. There is something that's loosely kind of in the works, pending approval, but it's it's kind of d- depends on whether that kind of comes together in time. But um, we are definitely touring outside of Europe this year. Any places in particular you'd like to mention? Um, none at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That was such a polite way. Okay, I'm down with that. (laughs) Now, um, (laughs) during this run that, uh, you know, coming up here uh, in Europe and the UK, I saw the band announce that you're going to be doing an acoustic performance before your main set. I think this is for the April 4th uh, date. Now, according to this announcement, the band has only done one other acoustic performance and the band said i quote it wasn't terrible (laughs) so what is this acoustic performance going to look like and could we be seeing more of these from casey um yeah so the last one we did was at a festival uh in england um it was like a kind of a not not a main festival but i can't remember how we did it really They approached it. I'm pretty sure they approached us quite late. Either they approached us late or we just prepared for it really late. Um, 
we, that's a big difference <laughs> yeah i mean both completely plausible yeah. answers um but it was the case that i think we pl- we played like maybe three of our own songs and then a cover um but yeah, I mean, the the one this time around is going to be a bit better orchestrated, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you yeah, know it's, about it's it. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be kind of, it was really loosely put together last time, whereas <laughs> this time obviously we've had a bit more preparation. Um, but, um, I guess to really find out, you just got to go to the show on April 4th, right? Yeah, I mean, it might be a bit of improv, it might be, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm quite fortunate in having kind of Toby and Liam on guitar because they're both... <laughs> <laughs> great talented musicians and like if i turn around and say actually do you know what we should do this song instead generally they're, they're quite happy to sort of go with the flow so you we'll, met we'll see what happens you mentioned in that that first acoustic performance you you did a cover or two what what kind of covers would casey have done or looked to do um so i did pine grove oh. i think i did uh old friends um which is one of my favorite songs but I mean, we've we've toyed around. What else did I? Um, I was playing around with another cover at the time as well. I can't remember what it is now. That's really. It might have been, <laughs> it might have been Mansions, maybe. I think it was um, Insulated by Mansions. Okay. That's another song that I'm very fond of. Do Do you see Casey? Uh, does Casey perform covers like typically? No. Oh, <laughs> the other. It was um All Get Out. Song was it? it was the season by all get out was the other song i was playing oh good choice um, uh but no i mean that's the only time we've ever done a cover we have kind of toyed with the idea of doing one or two um but we've never really had an occasion to do it um let me just ask you this this is just i guess pretty hypothetical but if you were to do a cover here's just what i'm curious about you know some bands approach covers kind of from like a, I want to say like humorous perspective. It's like all that pop goes punk or yeah, what is yeah. that? Punk goes pop or whatever like that. Those kinds of songs. And then there's like true covers that like try to pay. Res- and I don't care about either one, but you know, any differently, but that like try to pay respect to the artist uh, intentionally. What kind of approach would Casey have? It would definitely be the second. I would say, I mean, I know obviously we kind of, we're happy to have a bit of a joke and stuff on our social medias and we don't take ourselves too seriously particularly um but in in terms of the music i think it would just be completely incongruent if we were going to come out with a comedy cover um everything every cover we've ever kind of spoken about potentially doing has always been um like a serious attempt at it rather than like we're not going to be covering bowling for soup or anything Oh fuck! They're what if they're big fans of the show, Tom? You could have offended them. <laughs> I love Bone of a Zoo. I'm just saying we're not gonna be covering them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Now, may- <laughs> yeah, I gotta find a band to cover them now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, you will be joined by Rarity on this headlining run. Uh, they're really good friends of Spinning Thoughts. Uh, Dan Boyer, who's a contributor here, is up in Canada with them, always goes out to their shows and, and covers their stuff. So I know they're super stoked. To, I think this is their first time going overseas. Yeah, yeah. So they're They'll super be. stoked. Uh, how are you and the band feeling about bringing over these Canadian studs for their first tour of Europe and the UK? Yeah, we're super happy about it, man. Like I, I was a... Uh... I was a big fan of of their record that came out uh, 
was the year before last? I think 2016. Yeah, yeah. Um, I keep forgetting, like, even though we're in March, I keep forgetting that we're in 2018 already. Um, <laughs> but, and obviously, like, when we signed a rise, um, they were a name that definitely came up. And, like, as we were kind of going through the negotiation process at the end of last year. But, um, but yeah, I, I couldn't, like, couldn't be happier. I've, I've spoken to them briefly online, and, and they're, like, they're super nice dudes. And obviously, we've heard great things from uh, their management and from Rise, and we're just kind of happy to have guys along that are, are pretty chill. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. And uh, Endless Heights, I'm not so privy towards. Is that a band out your way? No, they're from Australia. So wow. We're kind of going both, wow. both, ends, both ends of the world. <laughs> and then is there going to be more like local support on these dates as well, or how does that look? Um, most of them, no. It'll just be the three of us, but there are there are a few shows like the – Birmingham show. It's either the Birmingham show or the Manchester show. Our friends in Canvas are playing it. They're a UK band. Um, so we're looking forward to that one. And I think one of the shows is like the promoters decided to turn it into like an all day thing. Oh, hell yeah. Which is, um, yeah, we're always sort of like dubious about that <laughs> because it, it's just kind of those things just never run on time. No, so like, hell no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, so like as the headline band, it means that we're probably going to be playing at like one in the morning. Oh, but, that's a good point. I mean, that could really mess up uh, just the whole process. You could go into so, the next date. Yeah, so we're um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. But um, <laughs> well, on uh, paper, it sounds sounds like a good idea. But I guess you got to <laughs> think about it uh, from your perspective. I, I I agree. But um, but yeah, I mean, for most of the shows, it'll just be the three of us. I mean, how generous. Seriously, Tom. You, so you guys are going on your headlining tour to celebrate, essentially, this this new album, Where I Go and I'm Sleeping. And then you bring two bands from other countries. I mean, rock on, man. I mean, the other good thing is, obviously, like, Endless Heights have obviously just released a new record as well, Vicious Pleasures, which is amazing. And Rarity, I don't think they've announced it yet, but obviously they've announced that they've recorded their new record. Yeah, so. exactly. They'll um they'll be playing new music and bringing that over with them as well. So, yeah, we're we're really excited. Kind of the three of us are all going to be promoting new content and kind of making it as interesting as possible for the fans and stuff. It's going to be a hell of a run. And so you know, if you're over in the UK, over in Europe, uh, check out all the dates on Casey's socials and and get there. I mean, some of these are selling out, so you might want to check in and make sure if you're trying to save up uh, your money. You better get grooving and grinding. So uh, now that the band has an incredible new release under its belt early into 2018, we've talked about, you know, a bunch of other stuff, music videos and touring and, and things like that. But generally, broadly, what are the plans then for the band this year? Because typically there's a pretty vicious album cycle. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've already started thinking about the third record if i'm perfectly honest but God not damn tom <laughs> not really put like any serious thought into it but kind of pl playing around with ideas and things but um yeah like i said it's just kind of we're, we're definitely touring outside of europe for the first time which is great we've got a a cool tour for the end of the year put together which we're really excited for and um like i said there's a, a sort of a space late summer early fall that we're we're looking at filling at the minute depending on how things go so there's only going to be a few weeks when we're home this year, which will be really nice. And then sort of moving forward into next year, it'll be kind of more of the same, I guess. There's a territory that we want to try and get back to as quickly as possible after the first time we've been there. So 
we'll be trying to put that together depending on obviously how the first one goes but um and then obviously kind of by the time we're march next year we'll definitely be looking at a third record and kind of putting the pieces together to start recording that and kind of working out who we're going to work with again so it never stops does it no no it's a it's a constant uphill struggle <laughs> yeah but you gotta love it to do it i guess right yeah i mean that's the um it was a statement that i put together when the band kind of first came into fruition and i, I didn't intend it to be gimmicky in any way or kind of as a cliche or a stereotype but i wrote a statement that said um casey has no grand design music is a labor of love and that's kind of something that really has been our ethos and our kind of work ethic since is we've never received any personal gain from from casey or especially in a financial sense other than other than like the experience of it and that's something that's always sort of driven us and kind of encouraged us to kind of proceed and, and develop I love it, man. And uh, because of all that, everybody gets to experience it with you. And that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So uh, good stuff. Now, I, you know, as we're winding down here, I just want to I'm just kind of curious, you know, on more of a personal like non music side. Uh, wh- what do you do in your downtime, man? I mean, you, do you watch any like Netflix shows that you're really into? Or is there bands that you, you're digging right now? I mean, like what's what's your taste right now in the uh, media sense? Um, I play a lot of PlayStation, so I'm kind of dividing my time between Fortnite and Overwatch at the minute. Are you any um, good? I mean, I'm all right. <laughs> uh, at, at which one? Fortnite, I'm curious. I mean, that's the talk of the town, you know? Yeah. me. So me, Adam, and Liam from the band play quite regularly together, and we have a friend, Jack, who kind of completes our our squad. Um, And yeah, we're okay. We get like a couple of wins a night, so we're all right. Who who's the best in your group? Oh, definitely Jack. Oh, like, you you don't want to take the spotlight? No, he's like he is definitely better than I am. But like, <laughs> we tend to find that we we he and I play duo quite a lot in there as well, and we're uh, we're quite well suited to kind of playing as a team. So, um, I, I'm a I mean, in the sense of Overwatch as well, I'm a better support player than I am an attacking player. So yeah. I kind of take that role sort of naturally in a game. All um, right. And then in terms of music, uh, I'm still spinning that new Movements album occasionally. Oh, yeah. Um, the new Piano's Become the Teeth album I'm listening to a lot. Yes, uh, very good. One of, my favorite, one of my favorite artists, Dessa, has just released a new album called Chime. So I've been listening to that quite a lot. Um, what else have I been listening to? The new Birdie album was kind of like it sneaked into my albums of the year at the end of last year, and I've been listening to that a lot still. Um, and yeah, there's like there's a few bits and pieces. There's a single by the Weekend Classic. Oh that yeah, just came out that, that I'm a big fan of. And but then there's just like a load of older records that I kind of just still constantly listen to. So, well, you know what? Uh, it's always interesting to to hear what people in bands are jamming. I always find it interesting. So I appreciate you sharing that with us, uh, Tom. It is getting crazy late out your way, and I'm so grateful for you to be up so late to be talking to me before I let you go. We talked about a lot. I just want to see, is there anything that I missed anything you want to add or say to your fans before we go? Um, no, I think it's been fairly comprehensive to be honest, man. I'm always like really bad at sort of closing interviews off because again, <laughs> I'm, I'm cautious of like the, the stereotype or the cliche that comes with it and the whole, Oh my God, thank you for listening. And, and that kind of thing, because obviously that's how every band member 
in history has felt they've always been grateful for kind of the attention and the time of their fan base. And that's something I say quite regularly <laughs> live. That that's the only thing we would ever ask of anybody is kind of just half an hour of their time or whatever. But, um, but no, like I said, it's been, it's been fun. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. And again, I want to thank Tom from KC for being with us here for episode 128 of Spinning Thoughts. You got to get your hands on their latest album, Where I Go When I Am Sleeping. It's phenomenal. And to really understand the complexity of it, you, you got to just jam it yourself. You can catch them throughout Europe and the UK here at the end of March through April. Uh, a headlining tour with uh, special guests, Endless Heights, and friends of the show, Rarity. While you're doing all that, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at Spin Thoughts. We've got a Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, Snapchat, Vero. Find us, love us, and we'll do the same. You can subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Adobe, so much more. Speaking of Adobe... We have premiere episodes on Adobe Radio every single Thursday at midnight Eastern. Those episodes then drop on all those other free platforms the following Monday. So again, please subscribe and visit our website, thespinningthoughts.com. Our contributors are always working hard to really just talk to the bands that you love, that you want to hear from, uh, review some albums in advance so you know what to expect before you drop your hard-earned money on all these amazing albums coming out here in 2018. There's so much to check out, thespinningthoughts.com. I can't wait to do this again. We've got so much in store. It's so early 2018. Keep your eyes on Spinning Thoughts. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love. Stop shaking my head